Welcome to the Get Cozy Podcast, where we talk all about the coziest of book genres, the cozy mystery. I'm your host, Christy Meyer, and I'll be bringing you author interviews and keeping you up to date on all the hottest cozy mystery releases. We'll be diving into the latest episode after these quick messages. So grab yourself a cup of your favorite hot beverage and let's get cozy. If you want to help support the podcast, be sure to join our Patreon. We have different tiers to choose from to get weekly exclusive episodes, membership in our book club, and podcast merch. You can even choose the coziest supporter tier and receive a monthly Get Cozy book box, which includes one paperback copy of your choice from a selection of books by Get Cozy podcast guest authors. To join, visit patreon.com slash getcozypodcast. You can also sign up for our newsletter to have a list of the week's coziest mystery deals delivered right to your inbox every Monday. We do get a commission for all books bought through our links, so by buying books, you're supporting the podcast. Sign up on our website, getcozypod.com, and while you're there, be sure to check out our podcast merch. Finally, if you'd like to donate to the show on a one-time or recurring basis, you can do that via Venmo at getcozypod. Thanks so much for your support. You listeners are the heart of the show, and I couldn't do any of it without you. Hi, hello, my cozy friends. Welcome to another episode of Get Cozy Podcast. I hope you're all having an amazing week so far. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in. Today, I'm really excited to chat with the author of a brand new series that is quickly gaining popularity in the cozy reading community. I'm seeing so much buzz over on Bookstagram about it. And author Tamara Berry is a part-time author and part-time freelance copywriter and editor. She has a degree in English literature from Eastern Washington University. In addition to books, she has mad love for all things TV, movies, and pop culture. She also writes romances under the pen names Lucy Gilmore and Tamara Morgan. Her debut cozy mystery, Buried in a Good Book, came out on May 24th, which I absolutely loved and could not put down. So welcome to the show, Tamara. Thank you for having me. Of course, it is definitely my pleasure. And I was wondering if you'd want to kick off the conversation today by telling us what Buried in a Good Book is all about. So it's about a thriller writer who is behind on her deadline and recently got divorced. So she uh, takes packs up her 14-year-old teenage daughter um, and a typewriter and heads out to a cabin in the woods that was left to her by her grandfather um, to try and finish her book and to kind of uh, disconnect from the world and reconnect with her with her kid. And then, um, of course, they get there, a body falls from the sky, and all of a sudden it's <laughs> different plans. It, I truly just had such a great time reading this book. When you say a body fell from the sky, you kind of mean it literally. And it's just, it's smart. It's funny. It has a captivating mystery and just a gorgeous setting. So for me, it was very much like Gilmore Girls meets Cozy Mystery, which is, you know, essentially just my dream book. Yes, I'm a big Gilmore Girls fan. So that compliment makes me very, very happy. <laughs> Good. And this is book one in the By the Book Mysteries. So can you tell us how many books are planned in the series so far? So contracted and written, there are three. Um, the first one buried in a good book. The second one is on spine of death. And the third is murder off the books. Um, I left it somewhat open-ended so it can keep going. If that's something that um, my publishers want to do um, at this point, it's just the three that we have planned. 
Okay, well, we will definitely be keeping our fingers crossed for many more books in the series because I'm hooked and book two is actually coming out pretty soon. I believe it's hitting shelves on November 29th, right? Yes, that's correct. Perfect. So listeners, you won't even have to wait that long for the next book in the series, which is always really, really exciting. And I did get lucky and already got to read an advanced copy of On Spine of Death, which I adored. And one thing that I did notice that both of your books have in common are the hilariously captivating opening scenes. So how do you approach the task of coming up with the ideas for those scenes? So in comedy mystery, I feel like the sooner the body shows up, the better. I mean, there's not a mystery why we're all there. We're there because someone is going to die and we all want to find out who did it. Um, So my goal when I start a book is to try and introduce the victim and the uncovering of the body as soon as possible. Um, And in the first book's case, that was when falling from the sky because someone was blast fishing in a pond out behind the cabin. And in the second one that you're referring to, um, it's bones like a cold case bones falling on top of Tessa's head while she's doing renovations. Yeah. And uh, those scenes just absolutely had me hooked. I personally really enjoyed a book that incorporates both humor and puts you like right into the action where you just have to know what happens next. It's just really fun to be like utterly gripped by a book from the very beginning. Humor is so subjective. So I feel like it's one of those things where if you're a chapter into my books and you like the humor, you're going to like the rest of the book. And if you're not, um, it's probably not going to be for you because um, the the humor does not let up, I think, for the whole book. Yeah, I agree. You definitely have like a very strong and very consistent authorial voice, um, which I personally love. I like really voicey books. So this was right up my alley. And I also really uh, enjoyed that your main character, Tess Harrow, is also a mystery novelist and that she incorporated method writing into her process. So how much method writing do you do yourself? Like none, zero whatsoever. <laughs> like, like I don't like Tess in the book, like she ties herself up. She gets stuffed in a trunk. She's trying always to figure out all these ways to uh, make her books realistic. And I will Google something on the internet. I will sometimes search through forums. Uh, sometimes I'll ask my husband his opinion, but that's about as far as I'm willing to take it. I, mm-hmm. I can imagine being tied up and stuffed in a trunk well enough that I don't need to experience that particular (laughs) right I mean I've heard of authors doing that and you know I really I I admire the gumption Uh, I definitely could never do something like that for for writing a book but I did find it very wildly entertaining to read about an author who did do all of that I thought it was so fun entertaining and I think that if I did do it in real life it would have to be performative like I would need to be making TikToks about it or Instagramming about it yes that would be an amazing TikTok account like an author just method (laughs) writing (laughs) like watch me get out of this trunk (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly that's definitely an idea if you uh, want to put it on the form we'll see (laughs) (laughs) yeah definitely So this series is set in a small mountain town in Washington, and I love books set in the Pacific Northwest. I think that region just has such a fun atmosphere. So what inspired you to choose that setting? It's where I live. I live in Washington State, not on the Seattle side, but on the um, Idaho border in a town called Spokane. Um, And the book is set in a town called Winthrop, which is probably about three hours from here, um, closer to the Canadian border and up... um, uh, 
in the middle of the state. And it's it's pretty accurate in terms of it is like a tiny Wild West themed town. Um, it's known really well for its cross country skiing and its uh, mountain biking in the summer. Um, and it is, I think in the book I say it has 466 is the population. And I think that's pretty accurate. Um, it is very, very small. I love that. And I, I do always think it's really fun when authors kind of set books in uh, locations that are inspired by the places that they live, just because you have so many uh, details in your mind that you can like work into the book. And it really just brings it, the, the whole setting to life for us as readers. Yeah. And they spend a lot of time out in the woods. Um, and I do as well. I have two um, really big dogs and mm -hmm. we do a lot of hiking with them. So we spend a lot of time out in nature. Oh, how fun. What kind of dogs do you have? Um, they're Akita mixes. Akita is so, okay. Yeah. So they're very hairy, very big, and they're like mountain dogs. So they really like to like pull us up mountains. Uh -huh. um, when go hiking, so. That's nice. You have a little extra, extra power when you go hiking. We do. I have a little belt and I put the belt on and then I attach the dogs to it. And then we go and my husband is usually with me and whoever is wearing the dogs is like running up the hill because uh -huh. it's super easy. And then the straggler just kind of has to suck it up. <laughs> I love that. That's a great strategy. Um, I, I live in the Rocky Mountains and so we might have to try that at some point. My husband wants to get a, another Mastiff. So that sounds like a great idea. Yeah, hook him up to a belt. You'll yeah. go so fast. Yeah, we'll have to do it. So I also uh, really enjoyed the dynamic that you have going between Sheriff Boyd and Tess. They have this like Luke and Lorelai, grumpy sunshine kind of vibe that is just so much fun. So can you tell our listeners a bit about Sheriff Boyd and also his connection with the main character in Tess's own series, Detective Gonzalez? Yes. So in the book, Tess writes a very successful thriller series about a, a guy named Detective Gonzalez. And he... Um, it's a very thriller character and that he just kind of goes off and does whatever he wants and doesn't pay attention to rules and law, um, which I feel like happens a lot in thrillers that we read because that's mm -hmm. what you want the rogue guy going off and saving the day. But the sheriff in the book, so he looks exactly like Detective Gonzalez, but he is the exact opposite in terms of personality. And he does everything according to the laws, according to the rules. And he doesn't like to uh, do anything that will possibly obstruct his investigation. Um, and I came up with his personality mostly because I thought it would be a really fun foil for her to have these two men in her life, one fictional, one real in there. Mm -hmm. The same, but not. Oh my goodness. It was so fun. And I, I also really loved that Sheriff Boyd uh, was like kind of a fan of Tessa's series, but he would never admit it. I thought that was so cute. Yes. Well, if you draw the Gilmore girls back in like Luke would have never admitted to lo loving anything that Lorelai wrote or did so right yeah and he's definitely got like that that tough exterior but you know he's got a heart of gold so it's like he's trying to be grumpy but I think readers will just see right through him and fall in love with him from the beginning yeah so I love him yeah no he's great he's such a fun character um, and buried in a good book, it's not a paranormal cozy, but Bigfoot does play a part in the mystery. So do you believe in Bigfoot yourself? No, not even remotely. So I'm like the anti-paranormal. I don't believe in ghosts. I don't believe in things that go bump in the night, cryptids, none of it. Uh -huh. um, and it's kind of funny because my first mystery series um, that I have published with Kensington is about a psychic, um, a fake psychic, who uh, actually turns out to be really psychic. And that's fun for me to write because I don't because I was researching all these paranormal things but I don't believe even remotely in them um, which lets me have a lot of fun with it 
Yeah, I say all that, fun. and I'll probably I'll probably get haunted tonight. I'm just, <laughs> I know, knock on wood, getting huh? the ghosts in. That's so funny. I uh, I I kind like I kind of believe in Bigfoot just because like I I have like several friends and family members who have stories about encounters with Bigfoot, in, including my dad. And the details of their stories are so weirdly similar similar that I'm just like, okay, maybe there's something there, but you know that could just be my own like wishful woo woo <laughs> thinking. What? There was a cryptid, I can't think of what it is right now, where for years and years people thought it was fake. Maybe it's the Tasmanian devil. Um, and then it actually ended up being a real thing. So it's it's one of those things where I don't believe into, in it, it, but like I could be convinced. Right. It really is a thing. You need the proof. It's, yes, yes. And it's cute because the little town north of me had like a Bigfoot festival last weekend and oh, we didn't fun. manage to get up to it, but they have like presenters come in and they do like all kinds of really fun things. Uh-huh. Somebody should go and put on a suit and run through the woods for all right. these people gathered. Oh my goodness. They would love it. That would just make their day. And that sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> we may have to go to that at some point. Yes. Oh, I could add that to my, my TikTok. My method TikTok. (laughs) Your method TikTok. Yes. I think that's a great idea. So um, I did love getting to see into the way that Tess's author brain worked through throughout the series. We saw her closely observing people's behaviors and then incorporating real life events into her fiction and constantly getting lost in daydreams of her stories. So does your own mind work in similar ways when you're writing? Yes, that one actually is pretty true for me. Um, I often go off into a world of my own, um, thinking about things. And there are bits and pieces in the book that are drawn from my real life, um, for sure. Um, one of my favorites. So my parents are always like my beta readers for my mysteries. They really enjoy them. Uh Um, and so Tommy and Timmy are the twins in the, in the book. Um, and I think Tess makes a comment about how it was really cruel of their parents to name these two brothers Tommy and Timmy. Um, <laughs> right. Tommy and Timmy are actually my brothers. My older brother is Thomas. Um, my oh, younger brother funny. is Timothy, and I'm Tamara. So growing up, we were Tommy, Tammy, and Timmy. <laughs> I um, love that. Which, yeah, and you can't make that up. Like only, <laughs> only real parents in real life would be that mean. It's true. An editor would would like make you change that if those were the main characters. Yeah. Like nobody's gonna name their kids. Like, oh, they did. And yeah, that's what we were known by for a really long time. Oh my gosh, I love that. And you know, it makes sense. Um, in order for characters to kind of read like real people, I feel like they have to act like real people. And I think it's like those tiny human behaviors that we don't always notice. Uh, but Tess definitely noticed them. I'm sure you notice them. And then you like incorporate them into your fictional characters, which really just like breathes life to them and makes them feel so real for us as readers. Yeah, I like quirks and absurdities um, in fiction and in real life. I like mm-hmm. it when people are a little bit incongruous. Um, I, th- I think that's really interesting and fascinating. Right, exactly. Because most people are. We all have our own little quirks and different ways of looking at things. So when your characters do that as well, it just makes them feel so much more authentic. So Gertrude, again, is just another great character, and she definitely reads like an authentic teenager. She's Tess's daughter in the series. Um, so how did you tap into that youthful voice when you were writing her? I have a 16 year old. And when I started writing um, this book, uh, my 16 year old was 14. So Gertrude is very much based off of my own kiddo. Um, My, my kid, Alex, um, is not nearly as good of a chef as Gertrude is. Uh, (laughs) Nobody's making me home cooked meals every night. Uh, But otherwise, just the relationship dynamic is, is pretty true to life for us. 
especially with regards to how little Gertrude is impressed by her mother's like career and writing ability. Mm -hmm. Like these kids grow up with authors for parents and it beats nothing to them. They're right. Just, right. They're like, like, whatever. Oh, you're, you're always off doing that thing again. Uh-huh. You're, you're just mom. You're not like a, mm-hmm. an author. <laughs> yeah. So but not impressed by great. us. Yeah. And I, I loved that she made the food in the house. It's like, man, we need a, a Gertrude around her, around here. And I, like, I loved the dynamic between her and Tess because their relationship, it was very supportive. It was very loving, but it wasn't like a perfect cookie cutter kind of relationship. It felt very authentic. And I just really enjoyed it. Yeah. Again, like the messy incongruities are the things that I like. Because mm-hmm. life is messy and relationships are messy, but the love is still there. Yeah, exactly. And it was really fun to get to see Tess's love of mystery novels and hear about her writing journey in the books. So I'm curious what your own journey into cozies was like. How did you get into them? And then what inspired you to write one yourself? So I started as a romance author, um, mostly writing rom-coms. Um, and then the series I was talking about before, the paranormalish one with the fake psychic, um, I had written as a romance proposal um, and my agent submitted it around and we got a response from somebody who was like, I love this, um, but I don't really have space for a romance right now. Can you put in a dead body and make it a murder, like a, a cozy mystery? And oh my I like, goodness. I can certainly try. So I put a, put a body in it. Um, and then they came back and were like, this body is great, but we also need you to add a cat so <laughs> I had to go back in and add a cat as well. Um, right. And then I really, really enjoyed writing that as a cozy mystery. And so now I split my time between the two. Okay. I, I love that. You know, the two, the two things that we absolutely need in cozies, it's a dead body and a cat. Yes. <laughs> That's so put a cat on the cover, write a cat in. And then I ended up writing like like eight cats in. So I got more than I asked for. Okay, great. I mean, we we just always love more and more cats and cozies. <laughs> what is the name of that series as well? So it's the Eleanor Wilde series. Eleanor Wilde. Um, and it starts with seances are for suckers. Okay, wonderful. I'm definitely going to have to hop over and look at those. I didn't realize you had another cozy series. I knew you also had romance novels. So now I've got even more to read, which is very exciting for me. That one is a four book series and it's complete at four. Okay, perfect. Well, like I mentioned, I loved both Buried in a Good Book and On Spine of Death. And now I am, uh, I put myself in this terrible situation where I just binge read both of them. So I'm just like waiting now for book three, which is going to be a minute. Um, So can you tell us anything about what else you're working on right now? So because I split my time 50-50 between Cozy Mysteries and uh, my other, my other self, um, I tend to alternate. So I just finished the third mystery. So now I am writing um, Uplit Fiction as Lucy Gilmore. And the first one, I have two books coming out in that particular set. Um, and the first one is next April. And so I'm going to start the second book any, any minute. Okay, great. Wow. So many different uh, pen names and different projects going on. That's so exciting. It's so hard to keep track of. Sorry, everybody. It's all on one website, though. So um all of, all of my personalities are there. <laughs> That's fun that you get to kind of like exercise different parts of your personality and different interests through your creative work. That's really cool. 
Yeah, I was in a Zoom panel with a few other uh, cozy mystery authors a couple of weeks ago, and one of them is kind of in the same boat as me, where she she alternates between romance and mystery. And we were both like, yeah, I love being able to switch my brain from one to the other. Like, it doesn't get stale. You don't get tired of it because mm-hmm. you get to go murder, love, murder, love. Um, <laughs> keeps, keeps it exciting. Yeah, it's got to be well-rounded. Okay, so we love to leave our listeners here with some cozy book recommendations. And since your book does have such a fun summery vibe, I was wondering if you have any other summer cozy mysteries that you would recommend. So I'm generally really far behind on trends. Um, I So I just started reading um, the Thursday Murder Club oh, mystery yes. series. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm listening to them on audiobook and I'm really, really enjoying those. I don't know if they have a technical summer vibe, but it is summer and I am enjoying them. That counts. <laughs> that totally yes. counts. <laughs> yes. Um, and then I also recently finished um, Dana Mintink's um, A Sprinkle in Time and A Pint of No Return. They're it's, uh, Shake Shack Mysteries. Yeah. So it's kind of like a, an ice cream truck that drives around. Um, and those have a fun summer vibe and uh, those are really fun. Those are both like great recommendations. I actually also just read Dana Mentique's books um, last week. And then we made, she's got a a key lime pie ice cream recipe at the end of one of them. And we made it last weekend. And oh my goodness, it was amazing. Yes, I'm always super. So I don't really cook like Tess. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm super impressed when these authors have all these culinary cozies and then actually have the recipes and they're amazing and delicious. Yeah. Wouldn't even know how to begin writing a recipe. Oh, me either. And, uh, I, I can't cook. So like I'll, I'll make these little TikToks, right. Where I'm doing cozy mystery recipes, but it's always my husband's hands that are doing the cooking parts, (laughs) (laughs) the videos, but I love to, to eat the the recipes. Yes. I'm really good at that too. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, wonderful. So before we sign off, Tamara, do you want to just let our listeners know how they can connect with you online? Yes. So my website is uh, TamaraBerry.com or LucyGilmore.com or TamaraMorgan.com. They will all take you to the same place. Um, and then social media wise, I'm most active on Instagram. Um, it is a lot of pictures of my dogs and my cats, um, but that's where I tend to hang out the most. I am also on Facebook and Twitter, uh, but not as active on those. Perfect. Well, we will definitely be staying tuned for more book news. And just thank you so, so much for chatting with me today. I had such a great time and I do really appreciate you participating. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Of course. And thank you listeners so much for joining us. We will be back with another episode of Get Cozy Podcast very soon. So stay tuned. That's all for today's episode. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Get Cozy Podcast to see which authors we'll be hosting in our upcoming episodes. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, happy reading and stay cozy. Stay cozy.